This is the Key 5 Podcast for speakers by speakers with your host, Robert Ferguson, where you'll get quick, relevant tips to build your speaking business. Welcome to the Key 5 Podcast for speakers by speakers. For show notes, go to key5podcast.com. Today, we're talking with Chip Eichelberger, former Tony Robbins International Point Man and chosen over a thousand times by clients from Apple to Harley-Davidson. He's a motivational speaker with a highly engaging interactive workshop approach that is truly transformative. He's known for building a fire under the seat of every audience member to promote change within businesses, groups, and individuals. Let's get started. So, Chip, um, in one sentence, what do you speak about? One sentence. My brand is about getting switched on, which is really helping people be at their best consistently. I love the succinctness. That's awesome. And being the best. You said so, one sentence. <laughs> and you did it. How, how did you end up in the business of being a speaker? Uh, you know what? I had been in uh, sales with a sportswear company called Janssen Sportswear for about four years. A couple promotions fired. Cut the sales force in half after a buyout and serendipitously saw an ad in the newspaper. Still got it in one of my journals right here. I'm looking at uh, 1988 September. It said, earn excellent income promoting national celebrity. Five people wanted who are committed to make a difference. That turned out, turned out to be for Tony Robbins. This was back when nobody knew who Tony was, pre-infomercial, just getting going. Saw Tony one night and said, holy cow, what if? You know, what if I start working on myself hard? What would be possible? And was there five and a half years helping plant his flag in the U.S., Australia, and the U.K. Spoke about 1,400 plus times to promote him before I ever got on stage. And then uh, started carving my own little niche about 1993, kind of doing it for myself. Wow. It's uh, being there at the beginning. Uh, that's really cool. And oh, very fun. It is. So, you know, what great learning and experience you've had, but let me, let me ask you this. What, what do you know now that you wish you knew, knew when you got started? Oh, what do I know now? You know what? I think everything happens for reason and purpose. It serves me. If I wouldn't have been fired by Jansen, for example, I never would have hooked up with Tony. I thought that was going to be a great career. I'd say from the speaking industry, number one, I'd be much tighter control on uh, maintaining a great database to stay in touch with people through time. I certainly have a lot of people who come back and book me again. If I'd have been better with my database and systematically staying in touch with people, because I started pre-internet, it was tougher, uh, way pre-internet. You know, we're talking videotape sending out to people. That would be the number one thing I think I would do differently. Fabulous. I, I think, um, especially the learning of opportunities when, when things don't go well and how to turn them a problem into an opportunity. I, I love that story part of it. Uh, you know, you, you tell a lot of stories. I'm sure that's a key part of your presentations. How, how do you develop a key story, Chip, that, that you may use across multiple presentations? Well, I think a lot of it's just being observant to what happens. Um, some of my best stories come from people who email me something after the fact that touched them or people come up after the, you know, I just had one the other day. And I, I think uh, those stories are what people remember, obviously. But, you know, I talk about taking care of your number one asset. Best gift you can give others is taking great care of yourself. And guy had hired me a couple months ago and uh, gosh, he looked like he was in great shape. And I said, geez, James, you're really looking good. He goes, oh, Chip, you don't know the story. He says, I've, I've lost over 60 pounds the last eight months. I said, 
tell me the moment. What was the moment when you realized you needed to change? And he said, well, remember like it was yesterday. So I got out of the shower, looked at myself in the mirror, and I just said, have you just given up? And in that moment, he realized he needed to take ownership of that. And that story helps because it's always a trigger. You know, it's, it's something that re- makes you realize it's now this has to happen. So cataloging those stories is good. Um, I'm a little different than most speakers. I don't do a speech. I do a customized handout every time or I'm scripting like a play. I think people get involved in the presentation. It's much stickier. I think most speakers don't do that. I think part of the reason is it's much easier just to show up and do your presentation. But I'm doing lots of audience interviews in advance. I'm quoting people uh, in my presentation of key strategies they use, key beliefs they have, key moments they've had. And I try to create a learning environment where people involved, I mean, they're writing stuff down, they're standing up, they're sharing, they're really in it. And that's kind of been my niche, I'd say, over the last 24 years. I've survived off repeat business, off reputation. I still do half of my business with speakers bureaus, which is kind of the holy grail for a lot of speakers. Um, Probably do about 60% of my business with bureaus because I'm going to hit a home run every time and they know it. Wow. That's, I like your approach and that, I mean, many speakers talk about customization, but the way you are customizing where you're already planning ahead to involve and have an interactive presentation. That's really cool. How, when you have this list of stories that you've collected, when you're putting together a presentation, Chip, how, how do you know which of those stories you're going to pull together and share in an upcoming presentation? Well, it, it, again, it's kind of like script in a play. I mean, the biggest challenge I have with meeting planners is getting past the old paradigm of an hour. People, we've got an hour slot, you know, because they think that's what they've done in the past. That's what they need to do in the future. And I try to reframe people. I said for the typical speaker who's just coming in and talking 45 minutes or an hour is about all you can do. But if you're going to have an immersive experience where people are very, very involved, I, I can go two hours and make it seem like 45 minutes. So it's trying to get people to expand. So I'm not memorizing everything. I've got a music stand up on stage. I've got my master book because the fill in the blanks and the presentation changes 30, 40% every time. Um, it takes the pressure off of me from having to memorize. And so what I do is I write in those little moments when I'll write that story. Cause I don't need to write the whole story down. I just need one or two keywords and I'll remember the story. Also, I have little pieces of paper, maybe an inch, um, and I have it taped. And so I'll write that story and tape it to that part of the presentation. I know that's my segue into my next point, for example. So I have it there. Um, I know that there are some people within the National Speakers Association who think if you're, quote, doing a keynote, that you need to have it memorized word for word, and it's going to be a wordsmith situation. Um, you know, if, if you're famous and you're maybe telling your story, I think that can work. Although, quick story, I remember I was doing Culligan International Convention. We're going back probably 13 years ago, and General Schwarzkopf was there. And I saw him do his talk, and I was in the front row with Mike Reardon, the president. And he said, Chip, what do you think? I said, well, you know what, Mike? I think having General Schwarzkopf here, the cachet of that, that was good for your team. But I said, if I did what he did, I wouldn't have a business. He said, what do you mean? I go, he didn't mention Culligan once. Hmm. He goes, yeah, it was kind of strange at breakfast. I said, General, do you want to know a little bit more about the company? He said, no, because we had hired him when I was Tony Robbins, maybe six or seven years before, whatever it was. And he did the same talk word for word he did six or seven years before. And I don't know, I would shoot myself if I was doing that. 
So what do you do in order to, as you said, you're preparing and it's a customized presentation. What is it that you're doing to make sure that your presentation or an interactive approach is highly relevant then to that audience? Well, you've got to do the research on the industry. You've got to do research on the business model. Is it sales? Is it customer service? Is it a leadership piece? Interviewing people who are in the audience is very, very essential. And again, it's like I'm scripting a play. I'm doing a handout. And, and it's, it's like if I've got 75 minutes, I've got an hour. I mean, gosh, I've had people hire me for 30 minutes. There was an event last year. I couldn't believe it where Motel 6 hired myself, Lisa Ford, Troy Hazard, one other person. We did 15 minutes back to back to back to back in Ted style talks. <laughs> it was crazy to do. But uh, so I, I figure out how much time I have, what's the theme, what's the business model. And literally I've done this for 24 years. I've done a thousand of these. There's not too many surprises, not too many things I haven't seen. So the core of my message, the skeleton is going to remain pretty simple. You know, I'm about getting clear on what's important. I'm about reevaluation, visioning, game planning, mindset, and how do you bring your best self? Getting switched on is about energy. It's about certainty. It's about emotion. So how do you get yourself there first so you, leak, you can lead your teams and impact other people? So the core of my message is going to be the same, but the strategies, the little nuances of customer service or leadership or sales or how they go to market is going to change. So in contrast to other people who come in to speak, typically I really stand out because it's obvious I get buy-in. God, this guy did his homework. Holy cow. He's quoting people in the audience. He's talking about something that just happened two weeks ago or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, uh, I stand out. Plus in contrast to most of the typical speaker, my energy level is higher. I'm off the stage. I'm engaging people. They're involved. They're standing up. So it's, it's a total, I try to look that much better because the average person's not doing any of those things. And when I do the audience, it feels better. It's just a better experience for them. Fabulous. I, I like your approach. It's uh, I'm going to, I look forward to experiencing that at some point. Uh, Chip, I'm, I'm curious as our listeners, as speakers that were in the business of making a living speaking, yep. do you, do you ever recommend that speakers speak for free? And if so, why and when? Well, it depends on your passion. I mean, um, there are, I'm doing more things. Uh, I, I spoke at our men's breakfast for our church. Um, and I will say something to speakers that are out there or speakers of faith. I happen to be a Christian. You can elegantly blend your faith into what you're doing. You don't have to totally sidestep it. I'm not giving my testimony of the day I came to Christ, but I am, you know, if you're talking about vision, you can use the proverb without vision, people will perish. Or if you're talking about other key things, what your points of wisdom are, you can mention your faith. Um, you know, I spoke at our men's breakfast recently and uh, one of the professors at UT was there, engineering department, Lee said, hey, would you come down and talk to my students? I did that. I'm putting a program together for the local high school, I'm putting a program together for a couple of local prisons here. I want to give back and volunteer my time. I appreciate that the various groups that you were talking to about how you share uh, for free. And I think that's really important about giving back. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. As, as we start to wrap up here, uh, uh, Chip, any um, secret tips or tricks about speaking that you'd be willing to share? Yeah, I got a couple. Um, I, I would say, um, number one, um, my marketing strategy has been adopted from Jerry Garcia, leader of the Grateful Dead, who said, you know what, you don't have to be considered the best of the best. You just want to be considered the only one who does what you do. So 
pick a lane. If you listen to that classic, if you're in the National Speakers Association, Joe Calloway gave that speech about picking a lane. Pick a lane. You don't have to be the best. You want to be considered the only one who does what you do. So have a unique, unique take on what you're doing. Wearing a different color hat's not a unique take, but have something different that you're known for. And then I think people will forgive anything except a lack of energy and a passion. You've got to consistently videotape yourself, audio tape yourself, go back and great, get great coaching. And one of the keys I think to really connecting with an audience that I try to teach speakers is don't talk to the audience, carry on a series of interesting connected conversations. So what you're doing on stage is the only reason you're going to be moving. I believe because one of the things that drives me crazy is speakers who pace and move without purpose. What you're going to do is whether you have a thousand or whether you have 20, what you're going to do is you're going to look at one person and you're going to make extended eye contact with that person. And you're going to be moving towards them with your physiology and your eye contact and your body. Then you're going to plant and then you're going to move towards another person. Carry on a series of interesting connected conversations. And one of the things I learned from Tony Robbins is people would walk out of that day. You know, we'd have a thousand people there or whatever it was. And it's like people said, oh, geez, it's like he talked to me the whole day because Tony knows how to carry on a series of interesting connected conversations. And when you have 500 people in the audience and you pick out somebody in the eighth row and you really focus on them, there's 30 people around them that think you're looking at them too. That is the value of that. So learning how to do that and freeing yourself and getting the lights up and getting off stage and getting people involved, I I just think is a better experience. Uh, People have such a short attention span now. They, they just have a difficult time if you're just talking, 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 and they're just sitting there listening to you. There's very few people who can carry that off. I mean, if they're just telling an unbelievably captivating story, that's one thing. But um, I don't have that. You know, I, I just have my truth and I have my wisdom and I have my things I've learned over the years. And you're just sharing that in a sincere, humble way. But there's a big difference between presentation and persuasion. I think most people who speak are presenters. They present, but they're really not leading people to action because why are you there anyway to create change, to get people to move, to get people to make new decisions? Mm-hmm. That's one of the things I've done the last 10 years is I've got my business card and it's a folded card. Make your card something that people want to keep. Don't have a normal business card. I've got some key learnings on my business card, um, how to get switched on, questions to ask yourself every day. Then on inside of it, it says my decision. So at the end, I pre-frame it up front, the power of one decision, but I have them write down an area they need to take ownership, something they need to start doing, something they, they need to stop doing. And I have them write that congruent decision down on that card. I have them um, write the reason why, and then I have them share that in terms of public declaration. So they might not remember me, but I talked to, I was on a conference call Friday with a client who hired me and uh, one of the guys was with another company. We're on the conference call with like eight people goes, Oh, Chip, I remember you. He pulled out, he was wallet. He said on the phone, he says, I've still got your card in my wallet from over 10 years ago. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, some great advice there, Chip. Thank you very much for sharing. We really appreciate that. This has been great. And um, as we like to say to our listeners, we'll see you on the stage. Now let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about when doing an interactive presentation makes sense. One of the most fundamental decisions a speaker must make is whether to talk, lecture, or be interactive with their audience. 
since we're hired as speakers, the temptation and easiest way forward is to just craft a talk. But audiences prefer interaction. Just ask them. They want to make a connection with the speaker and the topic. One of the greatest forms of connection is a callback. This is a reference to something that has happened internally to the group, whether it be a fire alarm, a comment from a previous speaker, something an audience member said to you offstage, or a common experience internal to the group. Because it is a shared experience, it shows that you care about the audience and usually has a level of humor to it. The callback is a great way to connect with your audience and make them want to listen. Many audiences may be too big or not able to break into groups or have open Q&A, but a callback is a great interactive tool that connects an audience to you and your content. I'm Alan Hoffler, and this is your Millswick Minute. Thanks, Alan. One thing I suspect every speaker wants to do is improve their ability to tell stories that resonate with their audience which is one of the key objectives of this season's podcast. So join us in our next Key 5 podcast, where I'll be interviewing Jimmy Blackman, a combat experience leader who has led high-risk missions all over the world and knows how to tell a good story. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number 5, podcast.com. And be sure to download the speaking tips available there. So go to key5podcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to key5podcast.com. Hey, if you're still listening, thanks for sticking around. I have one quick request. If you like the show, it would mean a whole lot if you left a review over in the iTunes store. This actually helps others find the show. So thanks in advance, and I'll talk to you next time.